This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove. You may add vinegar and dye to change the flavor to your liking. Please take this opportunity to try the recommended menu item. Tokyo is loud. Shops have adverts piped through loudspeakers outside. People drive around the streets playing music and speeches through giant speakers. Billboards have audio. I can get over that. But none of this audio landscape has anything on the most intense experience your ears can have in this city. Walking into a pachinko parlour. Pachinko is Japanese pinball. And to a spectator, it's an assault on the senses in a way that's really unexpected. The sound of the game itself in a room full of hundreds of machines is a thousand metal balls dropping at once, an incessant electronic beeping racking up scores and scores and scores and the roar of high-powered air conditioning and the constant methodic drop of coins into machines. The sound is entirely man-made but none of it is human. There's something really beautiful about walking past a parlour as the frosted automatic doors slide open and a wall of sound crashes into you. Then the doors slide closed and just as quickly, it's quiet again. Well, as previously discussed, as quiet as the street ever gets in Tokyo. As the Japan Times put it, for a culture that places a high value on quiet, Japan can get pretty noisy sometimes. But actually, during my trip to Japan last summer, outside of the pachinko parlours, one of the noisiest things I heard wasn't even man-made. I have never heard cicadas like I heard in Tokyo. You walk through a park and it's somewhere between a roar and a screech And then somehow the insects sometimes become unsynchronised and the individual calls almost sound like an alarm. I've never heard anything like it. And stepping inside after experiencing that can also feel a little bit like when the pachinko parlour doors slide closed. There's a distinct relief. And inside feels intensely peaceful. Right now, you find me on a Tokyo balcony, cicadas screeching away, and I'm about to enter a very peaceful space. And to get there, I have to climb through a door that's so small, I'm bent double into a bow to get through it. Which is the point. years ago, the man called Sen Norikyu, he's called the kind of founder of the tea ceremony. The small entrance is, uh, is said to be his idea. At that time, we have a strict class. The samurai is, was a top. Merchant, the farmers are uh, low class, 
but uh, Senno Riku, the founder, thought in the theorem, everybody is equal. The samurai have a very long sword. If somebody tried to enter with a sword, <laughs> a small entrance, he can't enter. So he has to put the sword outside of the tea room. What you should know about this particular tea room is that it's part of a beautiful modern apartment in Western Tokyo. It belongs to Taro and his wife Tomoko. Taro is an architect and completely redesigned the space when they moved in a few years ago. It's open plan. Bedroom, living space, long dining table, incredible kitchen, all elegantly laid out in one long room with windows on two sides. All concrete walls, floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, filled with plants, including some brought back from Hawaii. And then just off the kitchen is a much smaller room. Here and here. How many Before we go any further, I want to stress that this episode is not a cultural or history lesson about Japanese tea ceremonies, because I am almost certainly going to get something wrong, just as I did in the room. But what's interesting about this room that we're in is that while it totally does fit with the rest of the apartment aesthetically, it's got the concrete walls, the wooden accents, it's also quite different. Don't, I re- don't think it's so modern. Uh, because I think the the most important thing, essence, is the tatami. So if you have a tatami, and maybe this one, that I, mm-hmm. we call this rock, rock. And that's the stove, mm-hmm. the fire. Yeah, that is important for the theorem. Mm-hmm. The rest is not so. Okay. Mm-hmm. The tatami is, I think, an essence mm-hmm. of the theorem. So when Rory asked me earlier on in the tape, how many mats? That's what he was talking about, the tatami. If you have any knowledge of Japan at all, then I'm definitely preaching to the choir here, but I didn't know before I went to Japan how fundamental tatami are in Japanese rooms. They're a kind of woven flooring, soft rush straw on the outside with a different material at the core. Traditionally rice straw, but more recently compressed wood chip or polystyrene foam are also used. For me, the most fascinating thing about tatami is that they're a standard size, And numbers of tatami is a standard measurement size for rooms and property in Japan. And, as I just found out on Wikipedia, the standard size of tatami varies from city to city. So a standard size of of tatami in Kyoto is different to that in Tokyo. This being a private Japanese home, we obviously weren't wearing shoes anyway, but you would never walk on tatami in shoes. And when we stayed in Japanese-style rooms elsewhere in our trip, there would be notices uh, pressing idiot tourists like us to not do so. Um, How many is this? Is this four? This one here. Ah. Or three? Yeah, three. Okay. The uh, purpose of the, each tatami is different. Ah. So this is for the host. Okay. 
me. That, that is for the guest. You. And uh, this is uh, for the uh, instruments. So <laughs> <laughs> you. Sweet, sweet. Uh, this is uh, named goldfish. The sweet is traditionally eaten before the tea to counteract the bitterness of the matcha. Having spared us from lighting the fire in the tea room on a mid-August Tokyo day, Taro heats the water in the kitchen and brings it into the tea room. He spoons powdered green tea into a bowl with a slim bamboo spoon and pours water onto it. Then, the tea is prepared with a bamboo whisk. And then Taro, the host, places the bowl of tea on the edge of my tatami mat. As the guest, I'm instructed to slide in my kneeling position to pick it up and return to my place. This, when you're an uncoordinated person, is easier said than done. You go this way and here. So, um, like this. After that, as directed, I say, or loosely attempt to say, let me drink first, in Japanese, before rotating the bowl 90 degrees clockwise and drinking the tea. <laughs> okay, Can you say it more slowly? When you finish drinking, <laughs> please uh, return the tea bowl. Okay. The place I put it. Just with so, right hand. Yeah, right hand. Go. And where did you learn to do the ceremony? We have uh, many tea classes mm. in the schools, uh, private schools. Sometimes uh, the really private school, one teacher in his house. I started to learn tea ceremony when I was a student, college student. Mm. 
so more than 20 years. <laughs> 20? <laughs> 30, 30 years. <laughs> and why were you interested in it? What, what was it about it that was interesting to you? Um, I think uh, this sermon is very interesting because uh, this is uh, the tea ceremony has uh, many factors. Somebody like uh, sweets, Japanese sweets. Somebody like uh, tea itself. Somebody like ceramics. Somebody like Zen. Somebody like uh, flower. Many, many factors they have. Uh, that is the interesting point mm. um, of this only, I think. And is it something that, is it popular in Japan? Do a lot of people still do tea ceremonies? Mm. Uh, yeah, at, uh, this time, uh, these days, I mean, many young ladies learn tea ceremony. What do you mean? Yeah, like that. As a manner. Table mm. manner or mm. something like that. Like that. Mm. Okay. Mm. There's few men. So you're unusual. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so you designed this beautiful apartment and it's one big room and then a tea room. Did you know before you moved in you were going to do that? Um, yeah, for a long time, I've, I have thought I want to have a tea room for myself. <laughs> and this is your first tea room? Yeah, yes. Tomoko, how did you feel about the tea room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I made a very uh, nice kitchen for her. It is a very nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this room is only for tea. <laughs> nobody, nobody uses this room. <laughs> so. Yeah, sometimes the guest uh, stays here. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> and how often do you do the ceremony? Uh, when I have the guests mm -hmm. like you, mm -hmm. so maybe two months, three months, mm -hmm. once in two months, three months, mm -hmm. <laughs> very few. <laughs> 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 <No. laughs> Is it unusual to have your own tea room in your house? Thank you to Taro and Tomoko for their beautiful Japanese hospitality and for welcoming us into their home. 
And a special thanks to Taro for allowing me to record the tea ceremony he did for us, which felt like an immense privilege. Thank you to Rory, my husband, for introducing me to Taro and Tomoko, for being part of this episode, and for not just tolerating, but encouraging our ever-present holiday third wheel, my Zoom H6 recorder. You can find Lekka on Twitter and Instagram at Lekka Podcast and at LekkaPodcast.com. Sign up to our newsletter at tinyletter.com forward slash Lekka. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you next time. <laughs>